you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. And welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're going to discuss our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Hi, how's it going? And also Corey Kurabara Treadway. How's it going, everybody? It's very weird to be together with these people. It's, it's a whole new, it's a whole new world. Yes, it's a whole new galaxy. Yes, this is uh, our inaugural voyage as a crew. Yeah, all right. <laughs> a squad, as it were. As a squad, yes. With yes, goals. As a squad. <laughs> I love I love this name. I when you said it, I was just I like cracked up. I had to, to cover my mouth because I'm like, oh that's I, I love this name. I have to say it was it was it was one of those names that I, I put on there. It was not my personal favorite, but I do enjoy it. The yeah. one name though that I, I did come to to love was uh w- w- with great excitement. A Mass Effect podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. But there were a lot the of good names. I wrote it on the list, and then I didn't. Th- I didn't. Under- I didn't understand what it was because it was like, why did I just write with great excitement a Mass Effect podcast? And then you know we we could have named it that, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it doesn't come through over words as well as it does when you talk saying it. Saying it, it's funny, yeah. but reading it, someone might be someone might be like, what? Okay. Yeah. I I mean, I think all like the Elcor fans out there know who they are and and will get it, but it might not be that inclusive. No. No, so yeah, so we went with the name Squad Goals. We think it's a, a an appropriate name because uh any I hope anybody listening to this is somewhat familiar with Mass Effect. Maybe you haven't played through um all the games. Uh, I personally have not. I've I I've only played through about 14 hours of 3. Uh, after beating uh, one and two, which I know that uh, it's, it's terrible, terrible, uh, and, uh, and one of one of my one of my personal goals on this squad goals podcast is to make it to the end and actually see that controversial finale that everybody was talking about. But uh, at any rate, this is episode number one of Squad Goals. So thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to our squad, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so let's let's go ahead as we're kind of talking about it here. Uh, what are, let's get into a, a little bit of our, our gaming histories and then also, uh, what our experiences with mass effect have been, uh, chip, let's start with you. Sure. Um, so I, uh, I've been playing video games since probably I was like five, I think something like that. Five or six started with a Nintendo and, you know, uh, Mario, Zelda got into final fantasy. Um, I'm, I play a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm really all over the place. Um, so the other show that I, I'm on, on on the network uh, is, is Wondrous Tales, and that's a Final Fantasy XIV podcast. And that, that game takes kind of, I would say, about 40% of all of my gaming time because MMOs love to do that. Uh, but outside that, I, uh, I play, you know, I play a lot of JRPGs. I play shooters. Um, I'm very much into the narrative games the the stuff that like sony is doing to, to great effect with with the last of us and and games of that nature a uh, really big fan of those I, I actually am not a big western rpg fan uh with some exceptions so like a huge dragon age fan etc but like fallout i could take or leave 
Um, and Mass Effect, though, I picked up literally like the day it came out. I was incredibly excited for it uh, because I love space. Like I'm a huge space nerd and it, it just the idea of it and having like alien crewmates and exploring the galaxy and all that it just sounded perfect for me. Uh, and it turns out it was. So my history with Mass Effect is I uh, it's one of the few games I don't like to own physical things like I just don't like clutter. So I went all digital almost as soon as I can, except for Mass Effect, which I will buy the digital legendary. But I did also buy the big stupid helmet and the, you nice. know, the whole. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to come in, you know, pretty soon. I still don't have a ship on it, but um, hopefully I get that, you know, within a few days of the game coming out because because I love these games so much. I'm so excited to uh to to replay. I mean, I just replayed Mass Effect one you know, about a month ago nice. and i'm like partway into a two replay and i've I've backed off a little bit because you know like near replicant the remake just came out and there's a big there's a bunch of stuff going on in 14 but I, sometimes i literally will sit down on the couch you know and and say ah, yeah i'm gonna keep playing mass effect i just want to I, I know i'm gonna play it again in a week but just love those games so yeah i i do expect you to record in the helmet once you have it yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'll give it a try. I, I promise to uh, give it a shot, and then we'll see how our editor feels about um, that audio quality. <laughs> well, I figure that the helmet's got live comms, right? It's like an actual... It better. I, yeah, I, I assume that it, I can take it to space with me. If not, I'll be very disappointed. Just, just double tack with Elon. He'll let you know. Yeah, I'll hit him up. With Wario. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, uh, Kura, what is uh, your gaming history and your experience with Mass Effect? Let's see. My gaming history is pretty similar to uh, Chip here. I've been playing everything since the Nintendo, played a lot of Final Fantasy games, a lot of uh, shooters, JRPGs, Western RPGs, RTSs. Basically, if it's a game, as long as it's not sports, except for Mario Golf, I probably play it. I do enjoy Mario Golf. It's one of the few sports games I'll get into. But, um,. Yeah, play a lot of games. I'm playing like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV, Apex Legends on the network and stuff. And your name is Kurabara. Plays all the games, so yes, yes, it is my name. <laughs> it is intense, and it is. It, I'm so envious of like the amount of games that you play. It's just crazy. Yeah, I have no idea how I make the time for it, but I somehow do because I'm recently was just playing Resident Evil Village as well as um. A couple of games that got released recently, but there's minds blanking on them. But uh, when it comes to Mass Effect, I got into it probably a little differently than everybody else. Is uh, I first started with the book that came out for Mass Effect, that uh, we first see Anderson and them going through pretending to be a, where they were scouting him to be a Spectre and everything else. That's how I got into it. I'm like this game, this sounds awesome. And I found oh, there's a video game with this. I need to pick this up and play this video game. That's wild. I've never read any of the supplemental like books. Are are they good? Uh, I don't know about the rest of them, but I know the first one I got was it was pretty good because it literally hmm. I go in not knowing about the Reapers and everything else coming in. So it was just a very different take for me than someone who played the game and then went and played the supplemental material. But uh, huh. it it got me. I read the entire book. It got me sucked in. I'm just like. Started playing Mass Effect 1, 
played that through on reg on regular on a uh, Paragon and Renegade, and then Mass Effect Two uh, came out with a weird year where I was not li- I had a uh, for better lack of better way- words kicked out of my house by my parents, so I didn't have my Xbox. So I had to play through two for a while without my saves from one. And then eventually when my parents sent me my Xbox, I actually had to replay that again again, and got my saves and got my squads carried over to two, and that was a lot of fun. And then three happened to come out with my last year of college, so I'm trying to go through finals while playing through three. And I'm Oof. like, <laughs> they always come out like, like weird parts of my life for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, it's always been a great time. I love every like all the characters because like later on this list we'll, we'll talk about our favorite squad mates. That took a little bit longer. Like, all right, like I like this guy. I like this guy. I like the entire roster on this game. Mm, how to mitigate this part? This is one of those series when they do the full crew shot. Like you're just like every, like you know like you just want to applaud for everybody. Like when they show up, like yeah, like because yeah, like. I don't know, like, there's no, well, I shouldn't say there's no, like, weak link in there, but, I mean, everybody's going to have their preferences, but I feel like they do a very good job. Like, all the characters are very strong. Like, it, 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 they're all worthy of your, uh, uh, you know, appreciation, uh, you know, should you want to appreciate them. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I feel like they're all, I, I think what I love about them, and and I was literally just listening to a, a different podcast talking about Mass Effect, is they all feel like real individual uh, not not humans necessarily, right? But they they feel distinct and they feel three dimensional. Yeah, not robotic or flat. Just like this person's boring. I'm just gonna just go away. Go to the back of the line. No one cares about you. Yeah, I mean, there's no <laughs> caricatures, right? Like like even the, the 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 characters that are you know sort of a caricature of something, they still have depth to them, and they and they you know it comes out as you play through the games. And I really really appreciate that about this series. And as for me, uh, you know, I've been gaming since the Commodore 64. Uh, you know, I up through like 2013, 2014, I did play a lot of games. Uh, and then uh, slowly my life has devolved. I play a lot of World of Warcraft. Obviously, I do uh, two World of Warcraft podcasts uh, for the network, Wild Talk and The Torn and the Goblin, where you may know me from. Um, and then also uh, I do play a lot of Hearthstone and... Uh, a little bit of some, usually I have something going on the console right now. I've been playing some Fall Guys when I'm uh, on the PlayStation, but uh, so nothing nothing too complex there. Something you know used to be Destiny for a while, uh, but Fall Guys is so much more fun. But anyway, That's true. Um, I guess say it's a lot easier to jump in and jump out of. But uh, no, but as far as my experiences with Mass Effect, I remember that one Mass Effect commercial where. Uh, like shepherds in the the bridge of the Normandy, and they're they're flying through space, and they get the call over the the, the comms, like the emergency beacon, like you know, help, we're in trouble, we're in trouble, you know, you know, come save us. And then he just turns off the turns it off, and they just keep going. <laughs> and then I think they cut to the Mass Effect, and you're like, that's so cold. It's like, what is he doing that he I can't remember go there? that? Yeah, <laughs> and. I was a huge Bioware fan having played Knights of the Old Republic and gotten way, way into that game. Um, that's, you know, that's up on my top games of all time list. And, um, you know, having, you know, played that. And then, you know, when I saw they're doing another space game, uh, especially especially after the way Knights of the Old Republic 2 didn't quite land as well. 
And I know I think Obsidian did that, not Bioware. I, you know, there was some 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 shuffling around with that. But I was like, okay, like this to me felt like they're like, okay, like you basically it's like they, they had ideas for where they wanted to go with Knights of the Old Republic, and then they realized like it didn't necessarily work with Star Wars and like like I'm sure there's probably been interviews and people probably asked them like did Kotor lead to Mass Effect and they probably said like no or whatever but I'll I'll, I'll always believe like this was sort of like their the logical follow up for that for them like you know Kotor was like the springboard and I mean because look at some of the powers that the uh, you know the, oh, the, yeah. the, the biotics that they like it, it's you know that's some that's some Jedi shit powers. Yeah, so, it's full force powers. I, I mean, I think the fingerprints of of Kotor are obviously all over Mass Effect. There's there's so much that they brought forward and and you know, to great effect. And I think I think you're right. I, you know, whether they say it or not, looking at the team that came and how many people carried over from Kotor, and I, it really feels like somebody sat down and said, "Hey, Kotor's fun, but we don't control the destiny of that." Right? Like. We right. have to run all this through LucasArts and, and, you know, whatever all that is. And if we just do our own thing, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Like, there's actually been, like, some weird talk lately about them uh, getting, making another KOTOR game. And I'm like, I don't really think they do that with all the stuff they're working on now, you know, or have worked on. Uh, well, I don't, I don't think it's their choice at this point. Oh, and to be fair, though, so many people have left Bioware anyway. It's not like it's all the same people that would have been working on it back then, working on it now. I mean, just the natural turnover. And that's, you know, some of that may be related to EA having purchased the studio, but it's also been, you know, I mean, what, what, that, uh, what, uh, we're talking 2007. So it's a good 14 years since the first one came out. And, and we're, like we were saying, a good nine years since the, the, the last one came out. Yeah. So, and, and Kotor I mean, is were, even older than that, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Mm-hmm. 2001. Yeah. Like yeah. That's that's a. Uh, hey, we're old. Been... What's up? Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> and then there's and, yeah, and that's the thing. Still going it, strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but that's the thing that was like I've noticed that I don't buy any new games anymore. I just buy remasters and and games that have come out, <laughs> games that came out originally twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, like what one of the one of the other big games that I play is the Crash Team Racing re-release on uh, PlayStation Four. So. <laughs> do, do you know what game I'm so playing I, right I, now? That's uh, kind of old. Is I'm replaying the Zeno the Zeno Saga games right now. Oh yes, <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a good series of games. That yeah, I I I mean, I guess I'm playing you get like I'm playing the the newest game I'm playing is Near Replicant, which is a remake of again <laughs> I think a 10, 11 year old game. And I think we can all say that we've seen some hits and misses in that category of when they remake stuff that they. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they 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 get the feeling right, and and you know, it's just oh, this is just just looks better. This looks always how it should have looked, or how I remember it looking. And then you go back and you look at the actual graphics. Or dear dear lord, if you ever actually plug a PlayStation Two into a HD TV, oh, do man. not do that. Do not do that. <laughs> uh, I actually have a uh, converter for one of those in my hand right now for a PS2 to HDMI. Oh jeez, uh, it, it that. That generation, for as strong as the games were there, and that that gen- that's roughly the time period we're talking about, like two thousand four to two thousand seven ish, would be you know two thousand nine. I mm-hmm. think was the when the PS three came out. No, two thousand six. The was that was two thousand six. Two thousand six. The three sixty hit in uh, two thousand five at the end, and I think the PS three was I think a year later in two thousand six. 
okay, that hurts because I know when I got my PS3, and that was in 2009, so I know I was a little bit late getting into that generation then. So that's, a, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like that. The thing is, there's a lot of strong games from that generation, but also that was like we were still figuring out graphics at that point. Mm -hmm. And we have come a long way since then. And so a lot of these games are deserving of the upgrade. Um, I know, uh, I mean, we have, obviously we haven't played the remaster yet. We'll, we'll, we will get to that, but from what we've seen of the, the side-by-side -side comparisons and the, the screenshots and whatnot, do we, it looks like something we should be excited for. It looks like, I mean, you, you guys would agree that the graphics look like a, an, a step up and improvement. This looks like it's a worthy of a, a $60 remaster. Uh, price tag it, it so. really does yeah i know one thing i'm looking forward to is the, the things they showed me so far of the improved controls for the mako i really oh want to see if that thing is actually controllable and not like i'm just freaking in a roller coaster ride just like why is this thing bumping this direction stop that i uh yeah so i just did a replay of one so it's also kind of wild to me to look at um I, I I did turn off like I turned off auto HDR on my Xbox and stuff because and auto HDR, by the way, is an amazing feature that they put in there. Like it, I have to be careful about my shilling, but like it is very cool. But I turned it all off. I tried to get to like the original sort of Xbox graphical fidelity. And first of all, Mass Effect 1 is not a good looking game. Oh, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it's pretty ugly. It plays ugly. I if I didn't love the series so much, like I would be hard pressed to recommend anybody playing one. Um, but the jump from one to two is, is astounding in, in so many ways. Um, and, and Nick, to your point, that was, you could see them like mastering development on the, I guess, current gen at the time consoles, like the yeah, two, two generations ago. It wasn't like because, a three year difference between first one and second one. I think I think it was like, I believe so. One. Yeah. In two years, maybe? I, I think uh, Mass Effect 2 came out in 2009, I want to say. Oh, I thought it was 10. That sounds about right. right. I think it was 2009 because it's my game of the decade, 2000 to 2010. <laughs> so it better be 2009 or I've been talking a bunch of yay. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 really, it's really something. And then to see, you know, just the limited you, stuff you've that been, they've posted. You've been speaking a lot of yay. It was 2010. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Donk, seriously? January so 26, sure was, 2010. I was so, on Xbox or on PlayStation? Xbox. Donk, PlayStation 3 wow. was 2011. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but looking at like the materials they put out, the, the increased fidelity, like the, particularly in one, I think it's going to be, it's going to make that game really shine in a way that like, it doesn't today. I, my girlfriend was watching me drive the Mako around and she was just laughing because and I'm good at driving the Mako as good as you know you probably can be. And she was just like, this is stupid. Yeah. And like the instant death when you just barely get close to lava or anything else, you're like, mm -hmm. all right. And I'm dead for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just lightly touched it. I think my favorite Mako thing. Um, is you know the where first of all any uh enemy that can see you, you you don't need to see them they can be half a mile away and they'll start pegging you it's great yep. um and so the the mechanic and i think everybody's kind of settles on this eventually is you double zoom and you wait for the rockets to head your way and then you just jump and you don't ever zoom out you just kind of jump 
and that's how you avoid getting shot while you keep plugging and it's it's not good it it is i had a different strategy for most of those i would actually run into them with a mako and just keep knocking them down until they died okay that's they're on the ground they can't shoot me it's like Leave the big ones, you hit the walk, and it'll trip. And it's like, I'll plug you. You're trying to get up, run over you again, keep plugging you again. That's fair. I, I think on the harder difficulties, the game disincentivizes you from doing that because you take so much damage. That's actually where I did it at because it was the best oh, way not right. to. Because okay. <laughs> they wouldn't, they couldn't get up and do any damage. It's like you have two extra damage, but if you're on the ground, you're never going to hurt me. That is fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, just what I've seen of one, I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do to the Mako. I, I saw that they mentioned that some people, you know, there's going to be a vocal minority who are like, no, keep the Mako the way it was. And I, I'm sorry, but y'all, you're wrong. <laughs> it's bad. It's not a good vehicle. So I, I think I really they're trolling they... people because it's like, that makes no sense. That was just awful. Like, I remember being awful when I first played it. When I replayed it again, like, maybe I'm misremembering. Like, nope, this no. is terrible. Yeah, but- the thing is, though, like, it, it's not Grand Theft Auto. Like, I wasn't playing Mass Effect for the, the realistic or, or non-realistic, uh, like, driving controls. Like, it was if it, it was a subpar system, but I don't know. My problem was that when I was playing Mass Effect 2, there was one planet that I went to, and I don't remember if this was, like, one of the DLC planets or if it was one of the main planets, but it was a, there was a lot of lava on the planet, and you had to drive the... Um, I don't know. Was it, was it still the Mako in Mass Effect well, 2? It, 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 it was a different vehicle. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I just forgot or I didn't realize you could jump, but I hit a point where like you basically had to jump over this massive lava flow and I just kept driving through it every time and I couldn't get past because you're supposed to jump through it. And I like, I, I had to stop playing the game for like three months because I was just so frustrated. And then I came back and I think I errantly hit the space bar. I'm like, wait, what did I just do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, now I can beat this game. Okay. Like I needed that little piece of information. So. See, that happened to me with the Mako. I, I don't, I don't know that I took a three month break, but I definitely, I feel like, uh, First of all, I screwed up the order in my very first Mass Effect playthrough. I didn't get Liara first. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, Did you do that? Yeah, I yeah. went to Novaria first. Wow. And so that was my first exposure. to. I think the game really, really wants you to go to the planet. She's on Mars, right? Not in, not in um, one. She's on no, no. some random planet. She, or, or she, or she's, wherever she, she's in the Promethean Runes or yeah. whatever. She's, yeah. She's stu- yeah. For some reason, I think that's Mars. That's not Mars. They have those on Mars too, I hope. Um, I'm looking forward to finding them. Come on, Elon. But you, so I went to (laughs) Novaria first. So that was like my first exposure to the Mako and and what they, you know, you go through whatever the beginning of, or not Novaria, sorry, Pharos. Um, You go through the beginning of Pharos, you like meet the colonists, it's all weird. And then they put you in the Mako on this bridge, which is basically just a sniping tunnel for guys. Mm-hmm. And the amount of times I like drove off that bridge or just got plugged and couldn't deal with the vehicle, I I just like turned off the game and and was like I don't I can't with this. Um, yeah, I had the same experience that that same section. I'm like, this is frustrating. Yeah. Now, were you guys playing on console or PC at the time? Console. Console first time. PC second time. Oh, no, I've I've only I've only played on PC. So, did you guys have the the load time issues with the elevators? Oh my god! <laughs> Make a sandwich <laughs> or listen to fun yeah. conversations. 
I um I would play a little game with myself where in one the elevator in the Normandy um there's like tiles on the walls and you can see the tiles going by and I just counted I would count you know how many I think it's 16 it doesn't change but they move faster depending on the loading speed um and yeah I, I the game was okay I'll count these and and that'll pass the time and it I I timed it at one point I think it was about 48 seconds uh wow just yeah it was bad the the best part of all that is you're going up one flight mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe two it's it's incredible and and this again is is where like i i haven't finished my mass effect 2 replay and, and i won't at this point like i'll i'll just play legendary but um you have four floors on the normandy but not only do you and, and they're still in the elevator and it has like a loading screen or whatever but it's it's so much faster like i'm playing on a series x the old games and and um even on a Series X with that incredibly ridiculously fast SSD, I've also played on PC and also with really fast hardware. It still takes forever. It's still really yeah. slow. I that to me never seemed like a specifically like a hardware issue. Like it seemed like something in. I mean, well, I guess it probably was because it, the, the problem didn't exist on PC. But something about it, I'm not surprised that it. it, it still persists maybe you know maybe not to the same degree but there's still something going on i think it was just just how they they implemented that there there i mean yeah that was one of the big things about mass effect 2 was like oh yeah the elevators work so much nicer now yeah <laughs> but, yeah the future finally caught up with the modern times of elevators aren't this slow exactly <laughs> exactly and they but tried their best you know and like the citadel also had all those elevators um and and they like every time you would go to the docking bay, right? You had to go leave the docking bay elevator down to CSEC. That was the only way you get rapid transit. Um, and they at least like put conversations, little radio clips in and stuff, which was nice. But but after a even while, those, man, oof. yeah, even those get old. That's you know, yeah. But yeah, but that that but you know that's one of the fun things though is that you're intentionally. Every time you're taking an elevator, you're trying to like swap characters that you have with you just to see if there's any different dialogue mm -hmm. with the various combinations, just to you know check out like oh what you know what is uh, Liara gonna say if I'm here with Garrus? What's she gonna say if I'm here with Tally? You know mm -hmm. all the different things here. Yeah, I think um, was it three or two? I think I think it was three probably. Or where one of the crewmates like, man, remember when we used to talk in these elevators? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Actually, let, let's jump ahead a little bit here since we're talking about that. Of the crew members, which which ones are your favorites then since we did uh, allude to this earlier? So, uh, Corey, let's start with you. All right. Uh, I think, like, for the for Mass Effect 1, it was pretty easy for me. My two favorites I always had in my squad were Tally and Garrus. Those guys, like, the most, were, like, the more interesting ones of the crew that I thought. Liara was fine, but I got bored with her pretty quickly in the in there. I just like that's one reason I I wanted sometimes wanted to make a male shepherd. I always played female is I wanted to romance tally, tally, tally. I don't think you can the first one. I'm pretty sure it's only it's only in three. I thought it's, so. Yeah. Is it or is it, is it no? Yeah, it's only in three. It's not in two. You, you can sort of allude to it in two. Uh, I think there's literally no romance option in one at all for her. No. Um, like there's not even kind of a branch. And then in two, you can kind of go down that road, and and she. Uh, cuts you off and says, "Hey, come on, I got the suit. You know, can't do it." Um, but then, uh, yeah, in three, you can you can fully romance her. She doesn't care about the suit no more. I guess. Well, Re Reapers are going to blow everything up anyway, so you know why why not hook up 
<laughs> I think that was like literally her rationale, if I recall. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I know no, for we, uh, what you say. Oh, it's just you know it's like well we might all be dead so. Yeah, that's fair. What's a little disease? All that disease yeah. stuff for her, like it, it's funny. Even just a little bit, I, I saw in one, it hits a lot different given like the last year. It's it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Oh, it's a very different experience considering the last year. It's like, huh? Now I can kind of understand you a little more. Hmm. Like she was such an interesting, also interesting because like her her race, the way they work is they're supposed to have symbiote relations with viruses. It makes them stronger where we try to fight viruses. They actually try to get them attached to their bodies, which is why it affects them so hard when they got rid of the, out of their environment. Right, right. Yeah, because but, they, they no longer had that natural exposure. It's, it's that it's sort of you take the extreme of, of when you isolate away. Like it's one of these arguments people have about not letting kids get dirty and stuff is it's bad for their immune systems. Like you want your immune system to work with like the um uh biosphere that you're in mm-hmm. and if you don't let it then you become more sickly and and then yeah to see them taken to that extreme is is really interesting so you got you got talion you got garris um yeah for mass effect one mass effect two i was trying to put it down but i think i have a thane legion uh once again talion and garris are always on my favorite i, I don't remember if i can put them but but um, the other ones I thought was also pretty fun was Morden. Morden was always fun to play with just because he was, he made me laugh a lot of times. He's very wry. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of my favorite parts about like, hanging out with Morden is like when he's like, he showed me this, he used to be part of like a song and dance stuff. So he showed me his old performance he used to do where he did the singing. And I'm like, the science guy used to be a performer, did not see that coming. Singing uh, human musicals, I think it was, um, oh, I can't remember the uh, the artist, but yeah, singing like human musicals from the 19th uh, or the 20th century. Yeah. The Pirates of the Penzance, I believe is what it I was. Think, I think you're right. It's also funny, like when they, they had the Elcors and their, their plays of like Hamlet or yes. different mm-hmm. kinds of shapes. Elcor Hamlet, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also had Miranda on here because she just made me laugh for being just way too serious. <laughs> I was gonna say if she made you laugh, you're like, oh, because she was so serious, that worked. That makes sense. She is it's so intense. Yeah, it's just the intensity. I'm like, calm down, we're okay. And yeah. Legion, of course, just because he's just thousands of programs trying to make a decision and being a being a creature. I'm like, Legion uh, is just conceptually cool. Yes. And then Thane just being the, he's an assassin, but with morals. It's just like, yeah, you have to respectfully kill people. I'm like, all right. And then like, we'll eventually get to it. Like, I love the story with the stuff involves his son and everything else with there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally with three, I have, uh, I have Edie and, uh, once again, Tally and Garrus. <laughs> Also, oh, I forgot. I I forgot to. I had Erdnot Rex up here too, and I forgot to put. I I deleted it off there. I have no idea why I forgot to put Rex down. Oh. Gotta love Rex. I think after that, you're not allowed to let him leave Vermeer. Oh, 
X. So, uh, Chip, what are your uh, favorite squad mates? Um, all of like literally, it's the. I think it's going to be the same as as Cora in terms of like in one, it was the non-human crew. Love them all. Um, and 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 of course, Joker. He doesn't come with you, but I love Joker. Uh, oh yes, it just. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I just enjoy Seth Green in general, but um. I think like if I had to pick, I, if I narrow it down, uh, definitely Tally and probably Rex. I think like Tally and Rex are my usual romping buddies uh, going out in one. I, I think one of the things about one that really struck me when I was replaying it is um, you have to be a lot more tactical about who you're bringing with you because the mm. combat is just a lot more unforgiving. Like in two and three, they I think the combat became good enough that I could I, I I could you know roll with anybody because I can take care of most of it it might be even on like some of the harder difficulties I still felt like I could do that but in one I did not I needed Rex to come in and like you know mess stuff up because I wasn't going to um and he could he can eat those bullets so yeah, especially uh, depending on your class and stuff you were you were limited to certain weapons you could use where you're like okay who can use a sniper or a shotgun since they're not letting me use them you can't right. okay join me and i like an idiot was like i'll play adept uh which is just the worst class to to play in one i mean it's just you're you are super squishy and your powers have long long windows between using them um and you don't like get weapon specialization so oops uh and then hmm I love I love Legion like conceptually. I really also enjoy when Edie becomes a like a crew member that you can take with you. I really like that transition. Yes. Just huge fan of that. I also um I'm not a big Thane fan. I don't dislike Thane. It just never it, it never hit for me, uh his whole thing. It might literally be just down to his voice, honestly. And and I don't know why, but it just sort of I find it a little off putting. I also um I want to give a couple honorable mentions. Kasumi is really cool, and I oh, wish yeah. that they had done more with her. That's why I kind of um, I didn't put her down because like I never got to use her enough to where she was memorable. Right, right. But like her her loyalty mission in two is is so much fun. Um, like the the heist, it's just it's really cool. Uh, and I also Vega in three. I loved Vega. Uh, he he's just great. Like Freddie Prince Jr. is great. If you uh, they did an anime, if you ever watched the Mass Effect anime, he's in that as well. Um, and and he's great. He's just he's funny. He's he he brings a lot of like good acting chops to the role. Uh, and he of of all of the humans, I would say is my favorite human squad mate. I, I usually bypass the humans normally. I do too, but him and Kasumi both, I'm kind of like, even like, I, Jacob is fine, and I like Miranda, um, you know, to an extent, but but I wouldn't use them a lot because hey, you're not a cool alien, right? But like, I, I liked Vega, and I liked Kasumi, and I liked having him in my party, in my squad. How about you, Nick? As for me, um, Rex, number one, like Rex overall. Um, I was lucky enough, uh, that like, you know, I, 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 you know, didn't, I didn't realize that you could lose Rex on Vermeer, 
my first few playthroughs. And then it was only later on when I was reading somebody else. And they're like, yeah, if you don't, if you have to kill Rex on Vermeer, I'm like, wait, what do you mean you have to kill Rex on Vermeer? And like, <laughs> and like, then I actually read about like, oh crap, like you can actually, you know, like if you don't have a high enough charisma and you don't do the quests in the right order, you, you, you may not be able to save him. Uh, when that happens and that, that was heartbreaking to me because it's like, no Rex, I was, I was disappointed when Rex was, Rex wasn't like an actual squad member in mass effect two. And then right. I was excited when you get to the one place where he's like the leader there and you're like, yeah, back with my boy. And so no, he, he's, he's my absolute favorite. Um, I do enjoy Liara and when she becomes the shadow broker. Yes. I thought oh, that was a nice little twist and she, she grows up across the series like she definitely goes through a character arc and i think we'll probably get into that as we go through uh through the episodes here um yeah she really does because she's i mean i like her in that eight cool blue aliens that live for a thousand years and and you know um there's all of like the female attractiveness and stuff that they they play well in the and honestly i think they play off well that's a place where i think the game a lot of games from you know, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, haven't aged as well. And I think Mass Effect really did a nice job here. Um, there's little things that I know they're fixing or, you know, updating in, in Legendary in terms of like, there's some shot, like gratuitous shots of Miranda where they're saying, yeah, we're going to clean that up. But um, they, the Asari sexuality, they, they tackle head on. And I, th- I thought they did a nice job of it. But she's kind of boring in one, right? Like, she doesn't have a lot of personality, I didn't mm-hmm. think. She's just, mm. you know, cute b- blue alien girl. And by by the end of three and even into Andromeda, um, which I hope we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about, but but she develops mm-hmm. and really becomes like a rich, rich character. Oh, Andromeda. Yeah, they, they, uh, I think they do, do a, a nice job with her. And then also, uh, one more human I want to give a shout out to is Zaid. I just oh, yeah. liked his like kind of like just no BS kind of attitude. Like just, just go shoot everybody up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it, I appreciate Zaid. You know, I don't like Zaid, but I think you're not supposed to like Zaid. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not a good, he's not a nice person. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're a nice person, you, you can't recruit him because he's like, you're too much. You're too nice. Like, no, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's, he, he's, a. Uh, especially from mass effect two, where you're in such a results oriented situation, you know, sort of, you know, and I think that's one of the sort of the themes of mass effect two is do the ends justify the means? How are you going to pull this off? Because this is, you know, it's a suicide mission and it's basically an impossible suicide mission. Um, you know, recruiting a character like Zaid feels necessary, uh, even though it's part of the DLC and not necessary, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed him. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Robin Sachs. I thought he did a, did a great job as the voice actor there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he so. passed. That's unfortunate. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a while ago, but uh, he was also, I knew he also played uh, on Buffy. He was, uh, yeah, uh, the was it, was it Giles, like nemesis. Mm-hmm. Ca- and so, yeah, so I knew him from there. And that's why I was excited when I found, oh, he's a Mass Effect. And then, yeah, and then he passed away. So it's oh, too bad. Um, yeah. So let's move on real quickly. Um, I just want to get a feel for what type of characters we're planning on playing through on the remaster. I know we've, we've mentioned some of the characters we played before um, and we may very well want to replay those characters again and go for the same experiences or, uh, you know, change it up a little bit. So let's start with you, uh, Chip. What, uh, what are your plans for the, uh, the legendary edition? 
Uh, so my plans, most of my, and I'm I'm sitting on probably five, six, seven, all the way through playthroughs of the series. I have a problem. Uh, but most of my playthroughs have been pretty much straight up and down Paragon. I did one Renegade playthrough all the way through. And so that's what I'm doing this time. I'm, I'm going to play Renegade. Uh, and looking at kind of my options, I want to be, hmm, I guess sort of sarcastic, but, you know, still doing, uh, doing generally morally good things, but maybe in not in the nicest way. Um, and so I'm like, I'm going like, for example, I'm not going to shoot Rex. There's no way I like, I, I just like him too much among other things. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to go lean real hard on sort of that renegade, intimidating, aggressive, sarcastic, uh, mm -hmm. role because I think, and I'll be playing uh female shepherd and, and that's purely down to just my preference for Jennifer Hale's work. She's so good. She's great. Yes. Yes. And, uh, Kura. Yeah, I'm probably, uh, I usually play a female shepherd, but uh, I think everyone else is going to play a female shepherd. I'm going to try a male shepherd, and I'm hoping maybe the voice sounds a little better, because I remember the last time I played them, they're kind of flat, but I'm going to stick with it. And I'm probably trying to stick on, stick on a paragon path. But class, I'm going to try to find something different, because I think I usually play biotic, so I'm going to try either try a soldier or a different class than I normally do. And... Probably roll from there. Uh, did you guys have an origin? Like, I was probably going to be probably a, a, a colony from the colonies or something. I was thinking about that. Mm, I haven't picked class. I think I'm going to do Vanguard um, because I know that it plays a lot better, uh, particularly by, by three. I think I had played Vanguard on one playthrough and, and it was just fun to, you know, dash at guys and be a wrecking ball. So I'm excited to do that for the whole series. And I, suspect i will be earthborn um i like that sort of earthborn orphan mm -hmm. origin i think it's fun about you nick all right and i'm gonna go for and honestly i'm not sure i've done usually i would always do a paragon with my male shepherd and then i would do a renegade femshep run and for some reason i think i always remember enjoying the femshep renegade run more I think just something about, because you know what it is when you play through this a Paragon the first time, you're like, I want to punch this guy in the face and I can't because I'm trying to be nice. And then you have to wait until the second playthrough and you're like, now I just get to punch everybody in the face and it's fun. Um, so I, I honestly don't know. I, what I kind of conceptualize for the character at this point is uh, that, uh, like I was saying with respect to Rex, for example, um, you know, if you've maxed out your charisma, you have the ability to talk him down whether it's as a paragon or as a renegade in that scenario where you have to, you know, kind of rein them in. And if you haven't maxed out your charisma, you don't have those options. Um, you know, one of the things about Bioware and I knew this going in is like, I would always, you know, throw as many points into charisma as I could, as soon as I could, because I want to have all, I want to see all the dialogue options. I want everything available to me. And if you don't do that, you start to lose so many little doors and whatnot. And I'm really curious how, if I played like a, a character with like just zero or, or one, whatever the bare minimum charisma is. And I never put any points into that. If I were to do that, like how would that affect the playthrough all the way through? Um, yeah, do you install your dialogue or something? Exactly, right. exactly. It's just it's just going to be a, 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 a almost in a way. I mean, it would be a very boring playthrough because you wouldn't have a lot of the dynamic, exciting options available to you. But at the same time, the fact that they're not there makes it so different and interesting. Um, so I might try something like that. And and once I put it in that context, I don't know. 
I almost don't know. I might try to do something too, where maybe I do like, you know, I, I alternate my Paragon and Renegade decisions enough that I never really got lean in one direction. If I can just kind of play like a neutral, non-charismatic shepherd <laughs> and, and, and see, see what sort of experience that gives, um, that might be fascinating. Otherwise I could easily see myself, uh, slowly gravitating probably towards, uh, Renegade. Um, and I'll probably be a colonist. I think I, I usually pick the colonist option there. Uh, and I usually play soldier just because that's the most straightforward of the options. I don't, I like to leave the biotics to the, like, uh, you know, to, to the squad mates. So, you know, let them kind of handle that stuff. Whereas I'm just, you know, shooting stuff with like the cryo bullets and freezing it if I can. <laughs> that is um, fun though. So that is the one class I've never played in mass effect. It just, I want all like the cool powers. I, a lot of times I'll be like an infiltrator, uh, or it, actually, I don't think I've ever played engineer either because it didn't sound that appealing. It's actually not too bad. It's fun to send mm. little robot, little, little energy spears at people that, that just shocks them and burns them. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know what it was about it because I I do kind of like the idea of like having drones and things. So I'm not sure what it was that sort of pushed me away from it. But uh, I like having biotics. I like I like having force powers or whatever you want to call them. So. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I, I know, I know, I know. Like soldier is boring, but it's also like I guess that's kind of the the theme of this character is just very boring. So I think soldier is Seems on like point. A good call. I I, I want to say they mentioned that they're changing up the the dialogue stuff in one. It seems like they really went back and and did quite a lot of work on one. So I'm curious to see what that looks like. But I, I believe that uh, they made mention in a blog post of making it a little bit easier to get to some of those like high charisma options without having to dump your points into it. So I'll be really curious mm. to see how this playthrough treats you. I'd almost, I'll, I'll almost be disappointed if that's the case. Right. Right. <laughs> you actually might have to work Because hard. I know, I know when I get into those situations, like if it's like, Oh, I need to save Rex. Like I, if I can save Rex, I will save Rex. And so I kind of want to hem myself into a point where it's like, I can't save Rex. I kind of want to force myself to lose. Cause like I said, he's one of my favorite characters like that would completely throw me into a tailspin the entire way. And I want to see how that tailspin gets so far off of like the through line that I normally carry. I mean, I know like the, obviously the game has to hit the main points and it can't get that divergent, but you know, like I was saying earlier, like with the crew shots, like I want to get to the end with the crew shot and it's like three people. And I'm just like, what did I do? <laughs> oh, man. So Something I learned from a show I was just listening to about mass effect is if you do kill Rex, um, you don't save Rex the, I forget who it is that becomes the, the Krogan leader, uh, but because they get brother. installed. Mm. And then in three, uh, when you have the cure the genophage moment with Morden, if Rex is dead, you can actually save Morden by basically just saying like, no, this isn't worth doing. <laughs> and I had no idea. Yeah. Wait, so, so you don't actually cure the genophage. Correct. You just, mm -hmm. you just, you just tell Morden like, yeah, don't worry about it. Cause the guy, the one, the one guy that I would have cared about most and, and done this for, he's dead anyway. So that's right. Yeah, let the Krogan. Wow. Yeah. If you, if you kill off Rex and you don't save the, the genophage cure data from, I think Mass Effect 2 when you go to Tuchanka, uh, there's a choice there. And so if you kill off Rex, don't save the data, you can just say, say to Morden, like, I would rather you don't don't do this thing. Stay here. Stay with me, yeah, bud. Don't worry and, about it. We don't need the Krogans. And so that's wild because, like, to me, canonically, Morden always dies. I had no idea that there was a, a um, 
any kind of opportunity for that so not to be the case. That's incredible. So that's the the Ashley Caden dynamic, but on a long scale. Right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Real real quickly, who do you normally save, Ashley or Caden? Uh, Kura. Uh, I want to say I normally save Caden. Uh, I think. Chip, uh, Ashley, because uh, it, it used to be Caden, um, because Ashley was a super space bigot. But her, when I I did a playthrough, and now ever since I saw her all the way through, her arc is her like redemption arc is just so much better in terms of not being a space bigot. I like I said, I did the the two playthroughs. One is the Paragon, one is the Renegade. And on the Renegade playthrough, I, I was supposed to save Caden because I saved Ashley the first time, and. I I couldn't do it. I was just like, I don't know why. I just can't save this dude. Like, I'm he just sucks. like, I gotta save. Her. I'm sorry. So I don't know. He That's sucks. the other thing is I may I may have to save Caden too on this playthrough. I don't know. I, I may have to do everything that I've like intuitively done. I may have to just go with the opposite for this entire playthrough just to get the most bizarre outcome I can. At least personally bizarre outcome. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's really fun. I mean, that's why I've had so many playthroughs of this game. Is is they did such a masterful job of having all of these these options available to you and, and massively changing the stories. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And so, well, one concern people have are the massive changes that may be coming. Uh, and if there are any massive changes, we don't know about them because reviewers have not been given review copies of this game to play through yet all the the normal sites that would have reviews to post up or maybe they'd be under an embargo until like the day before there's no nothing coming the all the, the reviewers are going to get their hands on this the same time as we are um is that something we should be worried about i'm worried i'm a little nervous uh it and, and it's weird because you know they made a whole i think uh early in april like april 9th or 10th or something like that they're like hey we went gold we're done um, and that sounded like it, you know, uh, boded well for, for the game coming out and, and being in good shape. But I just learned this today that like reviewers don't have copies and this is 120 hours a game. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems not good to me. Yeah. I know I'm worried considering their last ray into Mass Effect was not taken over very well. Their, the Anthem game that was released was, didn't go very well. Uh, this I have, I'm not, I'm worried, but I kind of wonder if they were holding it off because they just needed to be a, a hit. They can't have something just fall through again. I, I just wonder if they felt it wasn't necessary that this, it is a remake. I mean, at the worst case scenario, you're replaying Mass Effect, which you've already kind of done before. I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess it would be nice to have everybody sit there and, and be like, okay, like this is everywhere that it looks better. Maybe there are some major surprises they want to hold under their, uh, you know, they, they want to keep up their sleeve until we actually get into Mass Effect 1 and really see how it goes. Um, it could be, as, yeah, it could be as simple as that. They might, you know, it, it is kind of a rational position to say, hey, if you want to review the series, you can play it right now. And then really what reviewers would have in their hands is is the graphical updates and things. But that that still seems so important to get out mm. there. See what's different. Yeah. But also, does anybody think like there'll be any hints of their next Mass Effect project in here at all? They said they're working on some more Mass Effect stuff. No. Okay. I don't. Well, I I'd, I would be surprised. They'll put DLC out in like six months, and it'll oh. be like <laughs> you can you can here's your little bridge to the next thing. 
I would buy it. I don't like I'm I'm shaking my head and and I and now I realize like, oh, the second they said there was DLC, I would buy it. Yeah, I would yeah. too. I've, well, I know that they're get they're getting all the voice act. Well, I shouldn't say they. I know like there's a voice actor reunion. I don't know if Bioware themselves are doing it or someone else's, but uh, they're having a bunch of them uh, on the. I think it's on the 14th or the no, maybe the 15th uh, that they're all getting together on Twitch uh, to to have a little celebration of the the relaunch. Uh, and yeah, it would be nice if like, oh yeah, you know, you guys are all still around doing stuff. Like let's uh, let's get you in this in the studio or or, mm-hmm. or as it, as it would be today, let's get you uh, in your whatever your your situation is at home, and we can have you record that way. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think whatever Bioware is or isn't doing with uh, new Mass Effect property, I think it's so far out. And, and that's why I don't think there will be anything in, in Legendary. I would love to be I would love to be wrong about this. I just I think it's way too far for them to start doing things like that. That's fair. I'd like to just do some judges, record some joke stuff for the next April Fool's just. uh <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get right. something about Dragon Age Four. I don't know. <laughs> so o- overall, though, we're we're hopeful and uh, excited to be uh, to be jumping into this uh, galaxy one more time. Correct. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm hoping I get more. Some of my uh, one thing I'm kind of I'm like I think they said they'll have a lot of DLCs or add-on content added into this game. I didn't find out which ones it was because I know through like Mass Effect Three, I used the Dragon Age armor. And then through lots of playthroughs of Mass Effect 2, I had these uh, DLC goggles and armors from uh, Mountain Dew bottles that I almost wore all the time. So I'm like, I hope they meant these are also being added in here. I'll be disappointed if I can't wear this specific armor. That's right. I did have the the Dragon Age armor now that you mention it. I did too, I yeah. Yeah. So, well, that'll, that'll be the next series they'll have to do a legendary edition of. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fascinating. I also don't, I don't need, they can't do that to me. That's, I mean, my Mass Effect playthroughs are long, but Dragon Age, no, please don't. I could, I I could do a whole podcast series just on Morrigan. Oh yeah. That character is just so fascinating, but anyway, anyway, I think that's a good point here to wrap it up. Um, We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in a week next to next Friday to talk about our experiences as we have our hands on the game and actually get into it. Yes. Um, but uh, for now, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing. Thank you, everybody at home, for downloading and listening. Uh, we are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also, YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at WD on Twitter um, and maybe Twitch if I'm streaming. I rarely do. And it's spelled really funny. So hopefully it's like linked off the show account. And Kura, where can people find you? They can follow me on uh, twitch.tv slash Kurabara, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A, or on uh, Twitter at Kurabaras, which is Kurabara with an S. And uh, you can follow me every week on uh, talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy at Dropping Spicy, as well as uh, soon to be back to Clan of Three, where we'll be talking about the Bad Batch. Ooh. Nice. Oh, I have to check that out. Yes. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft guild management news, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at discord.me slash mashthosebuttons and email us any thoughts, what you're looking forward to in the Legendary Edition, or if you got your hands on it already, what you're excited about, what you've done, what character you plan to play, email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. 
If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can and, and visit mtb.gg support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content such as my weekly WoW Thoughts, where I talk about what I'm thinking about WoW for about 10, 10 minutes each week. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick. I got nothing. I haven't, I haven't caught up with a closing for this. I was going to say Ancestors Watch <laughs> Over You, which is not for this show. No. <laughs> I mean, considering uh, certain endings of this game, that is how that works. Well, it's true. That is true. Well, I'm Chip, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm Kurabar, and I like Alien Girls. I was going to call the show Miranda Rights. That's a great <laughs> name. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 